Amen. Wow, thank you for being here uh, today. Thank you for worshiping our great and awesome God uh, alongside of us. And it's moments like this that, you know, I don't know how you feel, but um, it's just, I wish we could just continue to, to live in that space where we've been for the past few minutes, singing the praises of, of our great and awesome and loving God, uh, watching young men like Coley express their faith in Jesus. I, I don't, it's been a long time since I've seen a young man who's just like so ready. I mean, he was ready to get in the water immediately. As soon as we started here at, at 1030, he was ready. We had to, had to hold him back. If you don't know uh, Brandon and Shannon more than, uh, than I ask you to please just share in their joy. Uh, Brandon and Shannon uh, have three boys and, and Coley is one of those. And so he made that commitment that you just saw. And that just warms our hearts. And, and it really helps us understand what draws us here uh, every week. We come here to, to exalt the name of our great God who delivers us, who saves us. And no matter how many times we hear that story, no matter how many times we see that story being played out in the life of, of someone like, like Coley, it just comes back to us fresh, doesn't it? It comes back to us anew. And I'm excited we get to, to share in that today. As Denton said, we are in the midst of a series here where we're just talking about our core values and, and who we are in Christ, and, and we're spending a little bit of time talking about the, the core values that our elders have identified. I'm thankful that our shepherds have seen the value in just laying out some, some principles and some values from the Word of God and saying, this is who we want to be about. And today we, we center in on, on the fifth of those core values, that we want to be a loving people. Uh, I'm excited today because we get to, to continue to, to share in this message series, but, uh, but I'm really grateful that today our brother Matt Flynn will be delivering God's word to us over these next few moments. I ask you to be praying uh, for Matt. Matt has been one of our children's ministers here now at Mayfair for a long time. It's hard for me to remember because he interned for us uh, several summers before that. And on this particular topic, on being a, a loving people, I... I think of, of Matt as one of those people who embodies and just exudes the love of Christ so beautifully in my life. I see that in him. And so that message shines through. I know he has a word for us today. And so I just want to pray God's blessings upon him and upon us. Matt, if you'll join me here on the stage, uh, we will be praying over you over these next few moments. Let's bow together uh, and ask God to bless us. Lord God, you are good. Your love reigns supreme. Your love reigns eternal, God. Today I give thanks for, for Christ. I give thanks for the conduit of your love that he is to us, Father. Thank you. Thank you for loving us in Christ. And God, now as we, as we turn our attention toward what it means for us to be a loving people, God, I pray that, that the, the next few moments would be transformative. I pray that we would leave here uh, with, with a greater... Uh, awareness of the importance of modeling that love. I pray that that love would just swell, would well up inside of us and that, and that the, the world would know who we are because of the way we love God. I thank you for this man standing beside me. I pray that you pour through him the gift of preaching and that we would see Jesus. We pray this through Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I really appreciated these past few weeks as Jason has led our church family through this list of core values that our shepherds have put together. Um, these values which define who we are and who we are to become in Jesus. Um, central to those values is the call that we have to become a loving people. We have a responsibility. 
We have been called to love. If you would go ahead and turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. I'm excited to spend some time in John in uh, 1 John today because this epistle to me uh, just shows us so clearly what God's love for us looks like and in turn our call to love God and to love each other. Um, and so we're going to spend just a little bit of time in 1 John chapter 2 verses 5 and 6. Let's read this together. But Whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. As I was thinking this week about loving people in my life, um, I was reminded specifically of three different, technically four different people who have shown me what, what love looks like. One of those people was Mrs. Turner. Uh, that is me in the fourth grade, so you're welcome. Um, ripe nine-year-old right there, okay? And that's Mrs. Turner. She was my fourth grade teacher. Um, she uh, was wonderful. She was absolutely my favorite elementary school teacher. And um, I want you to think like traditional grandmother vibe. Like, as, like, you, you walk into her classroom, and it's so warm, and it's so inviting. Um, every person that entered that classroom felt like they were the most important person in that room. You knew you were loved. You knew you were loved in Mrs. Turner's classroom. But, but what I think, now looking back uh, to that time, what I think I, I love most about Mrs. Turner's class is, we did not have the greatest class. In fact, we were terrible. Like, we were the worst, okay? We were disrespectful. We were not a very good class. I'm not saying that I was a bad kid, okay? I'm not saying that. I'm saying the class was just not good. And there's one person in particular that, like, my, my parents could tell you their na- her, her name. She was the worst, and she was mean, and she was, she was disrespectful. But, but Mrs. Turner loved our entire class anyways. She showed me what a committed love really looked like. And then there's my Mima and my Papa. I love that picture. There's, I, I, that's just one of my favorite pictures. In more ways than one, these two were complete opposites. Okay, on the one hand, you had my Papa who stood six foot four. He was, he was tall. He was strong. He was a college football player. He was a big guy. Strong guy. On the other hand, you had, you had my Mima, who was not a college football player, okay? Uh, she was four foot eleven, um, and, and she uh, was, was not athletic, uh, to say the least, but, but she was very gifted, very talented. And then on the one hand, you had, you had my Papa, who had a very quiet, gentle disposition. And then there was my Mima, who was not quiet, <laughs> and she was not gentle, um, but she was so, so loving. And then my, my papa, he used to um, share his love through his actions. I am convinced that I will never meet a more chivalrous man than my papa, period. Um, and then my mima, she shared her love through her words, my dad uh, still talks about every night as she would put him to bed when he was a kid, um, the last words that she would say to him was, Jesus loves you. 
And the last words that, that she'd say to my family as we would leave their apartment is, Jesus loves you. Simple, beautiful. I'll remember that committed love uh, forever. And then there's my nanny. I, I love my nanny. I love this picture. It sits by my desk in my office. Um, my nanny was a pretty special lady. Um, if you ever met my nanny, you remember my nanny. And she had an incredible impact on everyone in my family. Um, but especially uh, my mom and my grandmother. But I, 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 uh, when I was five years old, when I was in kindergarten, my nanny used to pick me up every Tuesday and Thursday afternoons after school. Um, I went to like a half-day kindergarten, and, and those memories are so important to me. Uh, the memories of, of, of her taking me immediately to McDonald's and letting me play on the playground as she sat and watched. And um, then her taking me back to my house and us sitting down in, in the floor in the living room and, and recording a radio show, which never played, obviously, um, but, but her singing with me and then, then taking me to the kitchen table and her patiently teaching me how to, how to write my name in cursive. And then the best part of all was the nanny shake. Okay, that, that's, that's how I looked like that in fourth grade, okay? Uh, that nanny shake was, oh, it's delicious. Oh my goodness, I, I will never have a shake that tasty. Those memories are so important to me. Um, but I think what I remember most about her love is her faithfulness to my Papa Bailey. Uh, for most of my life, my Papa Bailey uh, was very, very sick. For 20 years, my, my nanny epitomized patience, loving patience. Nanny was his nurse. Nanny was his caretaker. Nanny was his wife. Nanny made him laugh. Nanny made all of us laugh. Nanny was always by his side. Nanny was there. And, and nanny, nanny for me, exemplified unconditional, faithful, committed love. What connects these three people to me is their commitment to love those that they had been called to love no matter what. You see, love is a commitment. I saw that love, that committed love, illustrated in the way Mrs. Turner cared and loved our entire class no matter what. I saw that committed love illustrated in the way my Mima and Papa loved each other and loved everyone they came into contact with no matter what. I saw that committed love illustrated in the way my nanny cared for me when I was five years old. But even more so in the way that she cared for my Papa Bailey for years and years and years and years. Their love in every way reflected the love that God has shown us. But this love that we're called to love, this committed love that we're talking about this morning, isn't an easy one. Uh, we have romanticized our understanding of love. And, and I'm afraid, to be honest, that we've, that we've cheapened it. I'm not sure that we've always seen love as the commitment it really is. Scott McKnight talks about this uh, rugged, tough, committed love in his book, A Fellowship of Difference. He says that love isn't as easy as we've made it out to be sometimes. For us, love is easy until the one we are called to love happens to disagree with us. Love is easy until you discover who your neighbors actually are. 
Love is easy until someone you are called to love happens to root for the wrong football team, roll time. Okay? Love is easy until your kids go ballistic. Love is easy until your house floods because someone left the water running. Love is easy until your trusted friend betrays that trust. Love is easy until you realize that the love you have for someone isn't reciprocated. Love is easy until someone you love breaks their commitment. Love is easy until someone you love breaks your heart. Love is ugly sometimes. Love is hard. This love that we are called to love is not an easy one. It's a commitment. But what exactly are we committing to? I think John helps us out here. Uh, let's read uh, 1 John 2, 5 through 6 once again. 1 John 2, 5 through 6. But whoever keeps his word, but whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. This is the punchline. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. What are we committing to? We are committing to walk the way Jesus walked. We are committing to live the way Jesus lived. We are committing to love the way Jesus loved. In order for us to become a more loving people, we must commit to loving the way Jesus loved. In other words, the love we love must in every way reflect the love that Jesus loved. So this morning, I want us to keep with our, with our mission statement here as a church. We commit to following Jesus by loving God and loving others. So with this in mind, this committed love that we are called to love is a commitment to love God and love others in the same way that Jesus loved God and loved others. Repeat that one more time. This committed love that we are called to love is a commitment to love God and love others, just as Jesus loved God and loved others. That's easy to say. So easy, I've said it twice. That's really hard, really hard to live. First, Jesus committed himself to love God by being obedient to him. Therefore, a committed love for God in the way of Jesus is an obedient love. In all ways and at all times, Jesus was obedient to his Father. From the very beginning to the very end. As, as his parents were searching and searching and searching for Jesus in Jerusalem. When they finally find him in the temple, Jesus says plainly to them, Didn't you know that I must be about my Father's business? From the very beginning, before his ministry ever even began, Jesus was committed to being obedient to his Father. And then, as his ministry launched in Luke chapter 4, he proclaims to his hometown that the mission he has embraced comes directly from the Spirit of God. At all times, Jesus was obedient to his Father over and over and over and over again. Day after day after day after day, Jesus was obedient to his Father and to his Father's mission. And then, in the end, as Jesus... As, as Jesus prepares to die, 
we see that obedience in full effect. Jesus loved God by being obedient to him at all times and in all circumstances. If we are going to commit to loving God the way Jesus loved God, then we have got to commit to obeying God the way Jesus obeyed God. That doesn't mean that we obey halfway. That doesn't mean that we obey sometimes. That doesn't mean that we obey only half of the things that he says. We have been called to become obedient to him at all times and in all circumstances. And this obedience, this love for God isn't an easy one. I found that out by spending just a little bit of time in the Sermon on the Mount. This love for God is hard. But the loving people we are called to be are are faithfully obedient, as Coley said this morning, to to their, their Savior, their Rock, their Fortress, and their Lord. We are called to be faithfully obedient to our Rock, our Fortress, our Lord, and our Savior. Finally, Jesus showed us what a committed love for others looks like. I loved looking through uh, the Gospels and discovering how Jesus loved other people. Uh, let me tell you, Jesus was committed to loving others. Jesus was committed to faithfully loving his family. In, in, in his last moments, as he was hanging on that cross, Jesus was not worried. He was not concerned about himself and his own pain. Jesus was was worried about his mom. Jesus was worried and wanted to make sure that his mom was loved and taken care of. And to me, what, what to me is one of the most beautiful moments in all of the gospel. Jesus was committed to faithfully loving those who were different from him. As his entourage makes its way into Samaria, Jesus immediately and intentionally makes his way to the well in the middle of town in order that he might love and in turn change the life of a woman who couldn't be more different from him. Jesus didn't care if you were different from him. Jesus was committed to loving you. Jesus was committed to faithfully loving those whom no one else loved. No one, no one in town wanted anything to do with the lepers. They were disgusting. They were gross. They were ill, okay? They were, they were horrible. They were unclean. They were to be shunned. But Jesus, when he saw a leper, he saw a person created in the image of his father. Jesus saw a man who needed to be loved. And he loved that person anyway. He healed his brokenness and changed his life. Jesus was committed to faithfully loving those who had betrayed him. When he needed him most, in his lowest of moments, Peter did the unthinkable, he did the unforgivable. He denied having even known the guy. Peter was the epitome of betrayal. But Jesus was committed to loving Peter. And that love became Peter's calling. It changed Peter's life. Jesus 
was committed to faithfully loving those who were really, really, really difficult to love. Zacchaeus was a really, really hard guy to love. He was dishonest. He, he was ruthless. He was a cheater. But Jesus was committed to loving him. And that love once again changed his actions and changed his life. Every day, every moment, every breath was an opportunity for Jesus to love others. And that love changed the world. Every day, every moment, every breath is an opportunity for us to love others, to love our families, to love those who are different from us, to love those whom no one else loves, to love those who have betrayed us, to love those who are really, really, really hard to love. And that love, that love changes the world. It changes things. That love is radical. It's surprising. That love changes our community. It changes our city. That love can change our neighborhoods. That love can change our schools and our workplaces. It can change this church. That love can change the world. That committed, faithful love has the power to change the world. And we know that because Jesus showed us it could. This is our call this morning. I'm ready to commit to this love I'm ready, I'm ready to commit to loving this way, endlessly, indiscriminately, faithfully. I'm ready for us, the people of God that meet here at Mayfair, I'm ready for us to be people who love without boundaries, who love without stipulations, a people who embrace the committed love that Jesus calls us to love. This is our invitation this morning. Let's be the loving people that Jesus showed us that we can be. Let's embrace this committed, faithful, sometimes difficult love. The same love that God has graciously and undeservingly extended to each and every one of us. The same love that God has graciously extended to you. The same love that God has graciously extended to me. This morning, once again, is an opportunity to respond to this invitation. To respond to this love. If you haven't already embraced the love that we've been talking about this morning, the love that Coley embraced this morning by following Jesus into baptism and into a life of discipleship, then this morning, this morning, you have an opportunity to embrace that love. We would love to celebrate with you this morning. But then also, during this next song, we're going to have shepherds spread out everywhere. They're going to be in the gathering space in the back. They're upstairs. They're going to be up front. Shepherds everywhere, okay? And, and they are here for you. If you have anything that you need to talk to them about, if you have anything that you, any concerns that you have, if you, if you need them to pray over your family, if you just want to let them know that you are committed to embracing these core values that we've been talking about for the last month, they are here for you. They'd love for you to come and talk with them. Let us commit this morning to loving God and loving others the way Jesus loved God and loved others as we stand and as we sing.